Seth, it's deja vu. It's like the last few years Syracuse has been in this position where they're in the bracketology conversation, but they've got to pick up some quality wins along the way. So I guess the good news is there's plenty of quadrant one opportunities down the road. The bad news is there's there's little room for error for Syracuse at this point. Yeah, there there is. You can't afford a bad loss. Obviously, last night's home loss to NC State is, is not a good one. It's one you wanted to get in your pocket, uh, especially at home. But the great thing about playing in the ACC is opportunity. And, uh, you know, what we've seen from the Syracuse team on any given night when they, when Howard and Battle and Brissett are playing and they can get one other guy to just step up and, and give them something, whether it's a uh, rebound and defense, shot blocking, you know, you would think maybe Moyer could do that for him a little bit. Uh, you know, Dolce, uh, let me get that pronunciation right. He's got to give him maybe some more out of his minutes, but he does have a good feel for the game. But I'm amazed at the job Jim's done with this team. I, I really am. And uh, I just think that he's getting a lot out of it. We know that, obviously, their offensive challenge at times, but yet they've improved offensively. Uh, they have limited depth, but uh, they're in every single game, and that's a good thing. Seth, I wanted to follow up on that with, with how Jim is coaching this team because they are, they're just a mash unit right now. They've only got like four healthy players. They added Pascal Chukwu to the list of injured players last night. He's dealing with a back situation right now. From your view and looking at this, have you ever been in a situation like that where injuries have kind of ravaged a team and you just kind of have to find your way through? Yeah, unfortunately, that's why I'm talking to you. <laughs> I mean, we had one year where we lost uh, Lorenzo Hudson, JT Thompson, and then... Uh, Alan Chaney, who was coming as a transfer from Florida, uh, had a heart ailment. Uh, we lost three guys. I actually had injuries my last four years. I had major injuries every single year where we lost a starter. And it, you know what happens is you got to make a choice then: do you take a, a role player, put him in the starting spot, or do you keep a role player where he is and just put a guy in so that everyone else's role remains the same? And Jim is, and I say it all the time, he's such a good game coach. I mean, no one has a feel for the game like he does. Um, and, you know, he understands the adjustments that need to be made to be able to stay in the game and, and keep grinding the game through. And, uh, you know, that's the thing to me that is so impressive with him. Uh, and, you know, obviously, you know, losing the kid early, the USF transfer early, uh, hurt their depth and hurt uh, having another guy that could really score it or at least score it some. Uh, so I think he's doing a ton with this team and they've got reinforcements on the way. So we're going to be paying a lot of attention and saying the word quadrants a lot here over the next month. Yeah, From quadrants. What... Love those quadrants. <laughs> no, I haven't said that word and I think before uh, this all came into place with the new NCAA tournament format. Do you think it's a positive change? Do you like how they're adding more you know, analytics and, and more analysis into this? Is this a good change for the committee and what they're doing? Yeah, I mean, look, you're always trying to tweak it. You know, I know Jay Billis is not high in the quadrants. I mean, look, no matter what we come up with, someone's not going to be happy with it. I mean, that's just the way it is. So, I mean, you know, have we found a perfect formula? Probably not, but we're trying. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with trying. Uh, it's giving value for road uh, wins. It, it's creating a little bit of a leeway if you you know if you win a game on the road. It's it's putting an emphasis on neutral court games, so it's giving people a chance to get credit for those type of games. Uh, so I don't, you know, again, I don't have a problem with that. I, I, I might want to like reevaluate the numbers within the quadrants. Uh, like anything else, once you get involved with analytics, you can manipulate the numbers. 
you know, you know, by by scheduling correctly, uh, and you know, very simply because what does the quadrant use? It uses the uh, RPI to you know to quantify the quadrant. So in a lot of ways, it's just taking the RPI and putting those RPI numbers in a different formula. We're talking to ESPN college basketball analyst Seth Greenberg here on ESPN Radio Syracuse. Seth, when you look at the teams on the top line right now, it seems like the conversation is there's a lot of good teams, but no one's really provided any separation yet. So that could be great to watch down the stretch to see you know who can claim that, and it always seems to make for you know a very interesting postseason at this point. But there's still about a month to go here. Maybe there's time for one of these teams on the top two lines to separate. If that's the case, who are the best candidates to do it? Yeah, I don't know if anyone's going to separate. I, well, Michigan State, to me, has the best chance to separate. If they shoot it like they did the other night, you think about their depth in the front court. You think about the way Cassius Winston is playing, their defensive numbers. I would say they have the best chance. And, you know, like Duke. I like Duke with Grayson Allen at the point. I like Duke, quite honestly, playing only one big. Uh, because so, you, know, you t- put those two bigs in there, and Grayson becomes a different player. He's not as aggressive. Look at Grayson's numbers against Michigan State. And look at him the last two games. And that's all uh, we need to tell you. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I think Duke, because of their talent, because of, uh, you know, Carter and Bagley, and, you know, I think those guys, especially the way, the way Gary Trent Jr. is shooting it, they have a chance. But look, Purdue, if they rebound it better, I like Purdue. If, you know, Villanova wasn't so reliant on the three, I like them. I, I really like Xavier. I think they got versatility in their front court, which is important with Gates and Cantor and O'Mara. I think that they got a go-to guy in Blewett, which is really important. Uh, and Quentin Gooden's doing a nice job at the point, and they've got good depth, and they really play hard. Uh, you know, Virginia, we saw them up close last week, and they, they're really good, and they are who they are. Uh, I like them if they play DeAndre Hunter more. I think Hunter really changes their team. It gives them a guy that can go get a bucket in a lot of different ways. And we know how good they are defensively. I, I just think they were not right in that Virginia Tech game. So... I think there are a lot of good teams. Arizona could sneak in there, but I don't like their point guard play, and that's a concern. There's no doubt about it. Uh, you know, but no one blows me away. Uh, I think we're going to see uh, the 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 eight nines, the seven tens will be at an all time high because there's no difference between the two, and even like the twos and the threes and the fours. I mean, Clemson's a really good team, and Brad Brunell's done a great job. Lost a tough game to Florida State, but they don't overwhelm you. But they got upper class guards. Uh, you know, so you go around each league, there are a lot of Clemsons out there right now that they're good teams because they're experienced teams, but they don't overwhelm you. Seth, you know, night in and night out when you're watching college basketball, you know, we brought this up a, a moment ago with the quadrants and, you know, trying to make things better. What is something about college basketball right now that, that really bothers you that needs to get better? Needs to get better. Uh I think that uh, that's a, that's a great question. I, uh, you know, we, I'd like to see our officials be full time employees. I think that would be great, so we can hold them accountable in a different ways, as opposed to independent contractors. I do. Not, I'd like to see uh, us adopt the NBA rule of advancing the ball at the end of the games. There's no doubt about it. With that, I don't want to lower the clock because I, I don't want to be a cookie cutter game. Uh, you know, look, we're going to try to be the NBA. We're never going to be as good as the NBA. That's just the way it is. Um, you know, I, I think coaching has really improved. I think that what people have done is because of the freedom of movement, they've gone more with a hybrid, you know, forward at, at the four, uh, which has opened up the four. Our scoring's up. Uh, the game is more watchable. Uh, 
and I really like that. So, I mean, I, I would just like to see a couple of tweaks to the game. And on that same vein, Seth, when you're watching night in and night out, what just blows your way about college basketball, the improvement of it, or something that you really say, you know, you just kind of shake your head and say, man, this is, this is a great game. I love being involved in this. Well, I, I just think, you know, to me, there's more good teams. Uh, players are spread out further. There's a difference between the one-and-done teams and the experienced teams. I think you, you know, you used to say, uh, you know, Duke's playing so-and-so. They got no shot. Well, they do have a shot. I think the, you know, people are utilizing the three-point shot. Uh, they're, they're playing with greater space. Uh, there's better flow to the game, uh, which is really good. Uh, and, uh, you know, to me, every it never disappoints. Like every weekend we come back, it's mad. you believe what happened last weekend? Or, you know, as we go through and prepare for my wraps for Monday and Tuesday or game day, uh, it's just every single night, it just doesn't disappoint. Seth, one last question for you. I know this is more of an NBA rule, but certainly there's you know some input from college coaches in the college game on this. Where do you think we're going with the one-and-done rule? Is it on its last legs, or is it something that's just kind of part of the game and we, we kind of just have to get used to it and, and they're not going to make an effort to change it? Uh, you know, I, I think that I think they're gonna, there's something's going to happen. I'd like I'd like guys to be able to come out directly from high school. I, the one thing I don't want to see is the G League raising their prices to 125, 150, so the kids can come right out of high school. I think that would be absolutely awful because if that happens, if it's 125,000, 150,000, if that happens, what's going to happen is uh, you're going to see kids leave high school, but they're not going to have anywhere to go back to. So they're going to they're going to try to pursue a professional career. A lot of them aren't going to make it. And then where do they go back to? Where's their support system? And that's a real concern to me. Well, Seth, we're going to have uh, Jim Beheim around. It seems at least another four or five years with his son Buddy coming in. So you got plenty of time to work on that Beheim impression because it needs work. But you, you got yeah, time now. Yeah, we're fine. You're fine. You're good. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> Not bad at all. All right, Seth. Thanks for the time. Right. We'll catch up again thanks, soon, guys. my friend. My pleasure.